Hey everyone and welcome to the Rumcast. We are the podcast that talks all things rum related with the people who love and shape it. I am John Gullah, co-hosting with me is Will Hookinga, and today, Will, we're uh, we're doing some shaping ourselves, you might say. <laughs> are we shaping? <laughs> I think so. We could be could be that. I mean, you know, in a way, you're trying to create a different take on some cocktails, some rum cocktails, I would say, maybe. Yeah, I guess I guess you could say it's a different take in in saying that I'm trying to come up with the laziest possible but still enjoyable <laughs> cocktails for the dog days of summer. So yeah, trying to shape people's ability to do less, yeah. but still enjoy themselves. I think it's a great premise and one that is definitely <laughs> worth exploring. So I'm I'm excited for it. Well, yeah, I'm excited to get into that. I'm actually, you know, I, I feel like this is a good topic for it's we're transitioning into August now. I think mm-hmm. to me, that's sort of officially the dog days of summer. You know, it's the time of year I start to I'm still enjoying summer, but I'm starting to lose patience with the heat a little bit. I'm getting a little bit tired of having to mow the lawn every single weekend, mm-hmm. you know, because it just oh, yeah. keeps growing back. And it's at this point in the summer where I'm like, I still want a nice cold cocktail you know, rum cocktail preferably, right, but I right. don't, I, I'm just like, I've made cocktails throughout the summer that are a little bit more involved, you know, involve shaking and like homemade yeah, ingredients yeah. and stuff. And yeah. I want, I want to simplify at this point in the summer. Yeah. It's too hot. I've been doing this for a couple months now. I need to just keep it simple. So that's what right. this is all about. But real quick, before we got into that, you know, this time of year, also people are doing a lot of traveling. I know you were in DC recently. I was in Las Vegas Mm-hmm. This past week, I went up to Holland, Michigan, which is where my grandmother lives. Uh, I went up there with my wife and my sister and her husband and two kids and had a nice little weekend in a, a part of the country where I think it's the only place where my last name is almost like Smith up there uh, because the Dutch influence, the Dutch roots in Holland, Michigan are so okay. strong. And, uh, you know, there's windmills everywhere. There's the, the the beautiful waterfront, which, you know, going to Lake Michigan, the beach there, it's pretty much like being at the ocean. I don't know how much Great Lakes experience you have, but it's really Very true little. what people yeah. say. They're not, they're not lakes. They are Great Lakes. But I bring all that up to say... Um, Run real quickly, I wanted to give a shout out to my grandmother, who I know is not listening to this, but she's 93 years old, and okay. the first night we were there, she takes all of us to her favorite speakeasy bar. And I'm talking about, it's oh. like a bar where you have to go like downstairs and like enter a password. She right. knows the password in advance, oh. and she she like used to know all the bartenders at this place, and we sit there, we okay. go all the way to last call, and it was just inspiring to me as someone who is into you know drink culture to see someone at 93 years of age who is still completely in command of the room like understands the menu knows all the drinks and everything it was a a sight to behold so i just wanted to give a a shout out to my grandmother who is extremely cool at 93 years of age still but i really i bring up the trip because on the way up there and i think i just shot you a text about this yesterday but Mm -hmm. i have a podcast recommendation for those of you listening that is tangentially, I think I said that word correctly, I think that's the right related word. to rum, but not directly related to rum. But it's a podcast called Big Sugar, and it's done by a journalist. I actually forget her name, even though she says at the beginning of each episode. But anyway, it, it's really going like deep into the multi-billion dollar sugar industry and kind of... Oh, wow. um, okay. Yeah. Maybe some of the less than savory aspects of it. No pun and intended. It's the, it's, yeah, it's the type of thing where... <laughs> 
it leaves me with with questions now that I want to look into with the rum world because the rum world is so attached at the hip to the sugar industry. Mm-hmm. But it really it centers around there was a class action lawsuit actually in your state of Florida in the '90s where a large group of yeah. sugarcane cutters were the the lawsuit was saying that they were underpaid basically, okay. and so it was this massive lawsuit. And the podcast kind of centers around that. And the majority of the cane cutters were actually from Jamaica, I believe. So a lot of these cane cutters came from the Caribbean. You may be familiar with this down there in South Florida, but anyway, so it's it uses that trial as kind of the thing that moves the story forward, but also mm-hmm. goes deep into some of the the family histories of these companies, you know, some of which came over from Cuba. So it goes back into Cuban history a little bit. It's very far reaching and, and there's there's lots of little tie-ins to just various things you encounter in the rum world. So I believe it's still going. It's, it's a series that's not yet finished. So you can catch up now like I did on my eight hour drive to Holland, Michigan. So yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the Big Sugar podcast. Very yeah, interesting yeah. stuff. It sounds really cool. I haven't dug into it yet, obviously, but I, I think it seems like something I would be interested in. I like a little bit of, you know, This American Life and some of those yep. other series that kind of do that long term like series where they uncover things and do that investigative reporting. So, yeah, uh, I'm interested. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, with that out of the way, what's up with you? Anything new to share before we dive into our lazy cocktails for the end of the summer? Nothing really rum related new right now. I mean, I, you know, I've I've had rum related thoughts about things. For instance, <laughs> I will tell you that I know it's silly. I know this is going to sound really silly, but but give me a minute and it'll come together. Okay. So, I recently had the best hummus I've ever had in my life. I and, had some really uh, good hummus recently, but, did you? but continue about yours. Yeah. Well, so mine, I had mentioned already, I think, that I was at the Green Zone when I was in D.C. Yes. And that they have this great, fantastic Middle Eastern cuisine. And I, right. I, I kid you not when I say that's the best hum- hummus I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like that aha moment, like that revelation, because I've only ever had like grocery store shitty hummus probably right. forever. Yeah. And then this was like, whoa, this is like the real thing. And it's like not the same thing. Right. And so it kind of it made me think about rum and that same kind of aha, you know, moment that we get from a lot of people who are used to Captain Morgan and others and right. then realize, holy shit, there's this whole world out there of this other stuff. It was like the first time so, you had Smith and Cross or something like that. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so I did a similar thing that I did when I started discovering rum a few years ago. I went and tried to find some hummus here locally. Oh, that would you did a hummus would, deep know, dive. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call it a deep dive. I just bought one that I felt like, you know, this isn't the grocery store, like regular stuff. Okay. But I wasn't sure if it was good. So I found a local source here. And it was good, but it wasn't near the same It wasn't thing. Green Zone good? No, not even close. Not you may have close. to make it yourself, you know? I think so. I mean, I think I'm going to have to reach out and find a recipe and, you know, learn because I I really do want to have that again. And to have to go to D.C. every time for Miami is not convenient. So we'll we'll see. But so just again, it's it's silly, but it was related in the same way as I thought my rum experience. it, It was echoed in that way for this. So anyway, if anybody knows in South Florida where to get great hummus, please let me know. That would be awesome. Rum rum has taught me. I think the older I've gotten, the more I've tried to be less dismissive of foods, especially if it's the first time I'm trying something, because what I usually tell myself is there's probably like, if it's something that is a common thing around Mm -hmm. the world, at least somewhere it's common, like there's probably a really good version of it somewhere, you know, it might not still completely appeal to you, but there's, you know, don't write something off when you've just had, as you were saying, the grocery store version of something. Exactly. Or just recognizing that there's probably different variations and maybe some of those variations are not for you. 
uh, or at least at this point in your journey of whatever mm -hmm. that thing might be. So that you're looking for, I was looking for like whatever that hummus that I had, that's mm -hmm. the version I wanted. And maybe this one was also considered good, but different. So I don't know. Could be. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe yeah. the one you got is kind of like the rum agricole of hummuses. It's a little bit different, could, you know? Exactly. Or I could need to, you know, mix it with some stuff, some roasted garlic or something like uh, to make a hummus cocktail. I'm sure, so. di I'm sure different countries have their own kind of unique styles of hummus I as well. Think. So there's there's probably I, I regional think. country cultural differences. So anyway, welcome to the hummus yeah. cast. Uh, we'll be <laughs> <laughs> we'll be continuing down the the hummus hummus rabbit hole as John goes on his hummus journey journey throughout the rest of the summer. But before we get into all that, we will talk about our lazy cocktails for yes. summertime enjoyment. So we'll take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsor for this episode of the Rumcast, and then we'll get right into it. Hey, Rumcasters. One thing Will and I have long begged for is smaller sized rum bottles. Sometimes we want to be able to try a new rum without having to spend more than $100 on a full 750 milliliter. But that's just one of the reasons we're excited about a new independent bottler out of Boston called Raising Glasses. They've just released their latest line of rums in 375 milliliter bottles that typically retail for less than $50. The folklore line of rums from Raising Glasses currently has seven different single cask releases all over 57.5% ABV and all featuring original artwork of a mythological creature from its country of origin. What origins might those be? How about Burning Cane, which is a cask strength 15-year-old Foursquare? Moongazer, a 9-year-old 100% for sales wooden pot still from Guyana? Or Guardians, an 8-year-old Trinidad that I called one of our top rums of 2022. They even have brand new releases, including a 14-year from Venezuela, a pair of 9-year-olds from Thailand, and the terrifying Yowie, a 68.3% 16-year Australian beast that's the oldest Binley rum we could find in current release. These are all available for online ordering in 41 states in the U.S., and you can also find them in retail stores in both Massachusetts and New York. So be sure to get them at RaisingGlasses.com before the Yowie gets you. Now back to the show. All right, we're back getting ready to talk about our lazy rum cocktails for summertime. The perfect things to enjoy when you feel like having a cocktail, but you don't feel like doing much work at all, which is me often this time of year. So, John, as I was putting these together, you know, I actually I came up with the drinks first before I came up with a framework of what mm. I actually think qualifies as a lazy cocktail. And everyone's going to have different definitions of this. What a lazy right. cocktail is to me might be lazier than <laughs> someone else's standard. Someone else may be willing to do a little bit more work, but still sure. qualify it as a lazy cocktail. But I did want to present my three golden rules for lazy cocktails. Okay. So... Rule number one, and all three of my drinks that I'm going to be talking about qualify for these. Rule okay. number one, no equipment you have to hand wash or no equipment you have to wash beyond just the glass that you're going to be drinking out of, I should say. Okay, so that means no shaking, no strainers, no mm. blenders, nothing like that. I just want the glass I'm going to be drinking it in and maybe okay. a spoon if I need to give it a stir. Okay, but those are easy because I can toss both of those in the dishwasher you know sure. usually with a shaker i'll hand wash it but you know it's a little bit more work anyway sure. that's rule number one rule number two no juicing so 
I don't want to have to get out my little citrus juicer, uh, uh, okay. you know, the squeezy press one. I don't want to have to do yeah. the, you know, where, when you're doing like an orange or a grapefruit and you shove it down on the thing and twist it. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. want to have to use that. I, again, I'm trying to not dirty up. Mud- muddling? Is that the yeah, right no, word? no muddling. Yeah. I don't want to, mm-hmm. I, won't, I don't want to dirty up any utensils more than I have to. Mm. And then rule number three, which has one exception, is no homemade ingredients. So I don't want to have to make something before I make this. Now, the one exception to this I will make is simple syrup, okay? Because the word simple is in the name. You can make it extremely quickly. Right. Those are my three golden rules for lazy cocktails. So that's what I'm looking for. Something I don't have to shake, something I don't have to juice fresh citrus for, and something that I don't have to make something you know a syrup or something like that beyond just simple syrup which i usually have some of that on hand anyway so it's no big deal so how do do you feel like i'm too strict is that too lazy is it not lazy enough what do you think so i mean well number one i think those rules make sense in the format of being lazy because i think you're you're pointing to what i don't like about cocktails Mm -hmm. which is makes a freaking mess if you don't know what you're doing. And clearly, I don't know what I'm doing most (laughs) of the time. So there's that for me. And then also, it's just like, do I have this one thing on hand that I need to make this drink? And that usually prevents me from making it. Right. So for you, for me, this works because like you're saying, you have this stuff on hand. It's not like some esoteric kind of ingredient or anything like that. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm with it. I, I see where you're going with this. And, uh, I, you know, we maybe could think of a better name than lazy cocktails eventually for mm-hmm. it. Maybe, um, you know, something essential. I don't know. But Insta cocktails. Uh, Insta. No, <laughs> I don't know that that works either. <laughs> but um, we'll keep maybe by the end it. of this, we'll, yeah, we'll think of it. But yeah, so I, I mean, for me, the, the interesting premise that you had here, and I don't, I think we're going to tell people what it is now, which is that you, you came up with these recipes and then asked me to try to make them knowing that I suck at making cocktails and (laughs) don't really do a lot of it. So I feel like this was a good idea you had to see and prove your concept. You, yeah, you are the testing ground here because, you know, (laughs) I'm not, I am the Los Alamos. I'm a, <laughs> lazy cocktails. I'm, I'm by no means a cocktail expert, but I do a little bit more dabbling than you do. So I figured if I could get you to make these without much trouble, then that's really kind of a stress test for all the listeners right. out there who don't do much cocktail drinking. I wanted to make something for them while also giving the people who are into the super involved drinks, you know, with 20 mm-hmm. different ingredients you know, homemade syrups and all that, you know, something, a change of pace they can do to put a little less effort into. So that is the other thing. This wasn't one of my rules, but I did try to keep these to a minimal number of ingredients. I think Mm -hmm. the cocktail with the most ingredients has four and one of those is simple syrup. So yeah, tried to keep these really simple, but I think to get started, I'll start with one. One of these is going to be familiar to people. The other two are really not familiar. One of them, I actually okay. don't even know if it technically qualifies as a cocktail by the technical definition, but we'll see. Mm. I'll, I'll try to push the boundaries there a little bit. But I'm going to start with a classic Barbados cocktail called the corn and oil. So most people are probably familiar, familiar with this drink. I kind of describe it as 
it's sort of an islandy old fashioned. It's yeah. it's maybe a little bit sweeter than a typical old fashioned, although you can control that by how much of some ingredients you choose to to put in, but it's really simple. It's two ounces of aged Barbados rum, and it should be Barbados rum if you want it to be authentic, although you could mm -hmm. make this with a variety of other aged rums and it would still be delicious. It's half an ounce of John D. Taylor's Velvet Falernum. You could probably make it with other Falernums, but I can't vouch for the balance of it mm -hmm. with that. I do find half an ounce is a little bit on the sweet side, so sometimes I do a little bit less than half an ounce, like somewhere mm -hmm. between a quarter and half an ounce. Mm -hmm. And then the traditional, or I don't know if this is traditional or not, but if you look in Smuggler's Cove, the final ingredient is two to four dashes of Angostura bitters, which you can do. It's really fun. But my little riff that I do on this is changing the bitters to see what that does. So you can, you know, you can tweak the drink, you can make one little tweak to the drink and it gets you, it makes a big impact on the final product. So yeah. the version that I have found that I really like the most is using Bitterman's Tiki Bitters. I believe they're called Ella Makule Tiki Bitters or something like that. I know you searched mm -hmm. all over Miami for these and weren't able to find them. So you had to yeah. call a Bitters Audible. But these bitters are, are really cool. And I honestly, I don't buy, like I use Angostura in, you know, 90% of drinks and then Peychaud's bitters and probably 9% of drinks and then 1% I'll use on other bitters. So I don't buy like a ton of other bitters. Those are probably yeah. the only three that I have in my house right now. And the Tiki bitters, they're, they're tough to describe, but they almost add this kind of like, it almost reminds me of Coke a little bit to a drink. Oh, okay. So kind of, yeah. it's like kind a cola of, vibe. yeah, mm -hmm. like a cola vibe, but it, it's got mm -hmm. some kind of island spices. There's probably like a mm -hmm. little bit of allspice. I think some cinnamon in there, but it gives yeah. it this kind of Coca-Cola vibe that it adds to stuff that I think works really well with a lot of rum drinks and adds kind of a playful familiarity to it a little mm -hmm. bit. So mm -hmm. those bitters, it's not a dasher bottle. It's a dropper bottle. So I usually do maybe one to two dropper fulls. I never know how those translate from dashes to droppers, but I do know hmm. if you go too heavy with those bitters, they really do stick out. So play around with it. But that combination and all you have to do again, there's no shaking involved. The way I make this drink is I get out a, an old fashioned glass and I mo like mostly fill it with ice. I know smugglers Cove has to use crushed ice, but I don't do that. I just use cubes and I pour in the bitters, I pour in the rum, I pour in the falernum, and I don't even get a spoon. I just, get, I just shake the glass around manually, you know, give it a little, <laughs> give it a little shake, make the ice yeah. kind of clink around in there, and then it's good to go. And it's a really, it's really sippable, but it's, it's, you know, it's on the old fashioned spectrum. So it's not one you're right. just going to like chug through like a daiquiri or anything like that. Right. It's got right. the ice in there, so it stays cold and it's just a really enjoyable uh, relaxed summer drink. So I'm interested to hear how you're, first of all, had you made a Cornanola before? Because like I said, this isn't some big surprise cocktail. A lot, you know, it, I sure. think it's a cocktail that rum enthusiasts find early on because it is simple and because it does really showcase rum. I mean, rum is, is by far the most prominent ingredient in the cocktail. Mm -hmm. So Tell me about your experience. Yeah, so so interestingly, I did try to make a corn and oil maybe two or three years back, maybe mm -hmm. more than that. And I remember it was the sole purpose for me buying John D. Taylor's Velvet Falernum okay. at the time. 
So I was like, oh, this is interesting. You know, I had it in a local shop and I already love Barbados rum. So that mm -hmm. just felt like a natural fit for me. Yep. I remember it's been a while and I didn't like really record this in my head or anything in terms of like the details, but I remember making it and immediately going, oh my God, this is awful. I don't know what I did, but I messed it up. It can, okay, so... I'm glad you brought up that experience because yeah. I did not enjoy this cocktail the first several times that I made it either, um, yeah. you know, going years back. So I, I continue with your experience. Well, so I'm not sure what I did if I messed up the ratios or just didn't do something correctly because it was I remember thinking this was like a drain pour for me. It mm -hmm. was real bad. Yeah. And I already knew the rum was good. So that wasn't the problem. So I figured, well, I am either doing something wrong or this drink is just not for me. Mm -hmm. But it didn't even give me at the time, Will, vibes of an old fashioned. Okay. So I know I screwed something up. Was it, I'm not really do you remember sure. it being, was it too sweet? Do you yep. remember? Okay. Way too sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Way too sweet for me. Because Flarenum uh, is, even though Flarenum has alcohol, like it's a liqueur, but it's, mm -hmm. as many liqueurs are, it's, it's quite sweet. So... You have to be yes. careful. So long story short, and also I, I, you mentioned you gave directions, but your directions to me were literally one sentence. Combine everything <laughs> in a glass over ice and stir. Uh -huh. So I took that as literally as possible. Okay. I combined everything. I put ice in the glass. Uh -huh. I then put everything in over the ice. Yep. And I did get a spoon, okay. unlike your shaking method, which I think would have been nice because I got that spoon and I tried digging into my ice cubes to stir and like shit went everywhere, you know, oh, like ice cubes okay. here and there and everywhere. Because I don't know, you know, like I, I don't... I Maybe you over iced? Maybe. I like, I, I just put ice in the glass, you know, okay. like just up to just under the rim. Okay. Uh, and... So despite that experience, and by the way, let me tell you what I used. Um, yes, what rums I, did you use? Yeah. So I used RL Seals 10, okay. and, which is 43 ABV, because yep. I wanted something with higher than 40, and, and also not something that I, I really, really enjoy, because last time I mentioned I made this, it was terrible. Mm -hmm. So RL Seals 10, by the way, is very good. It's just I feel like it's at a price point where I don't mind pouring it down the drain if sure. I had to. Sure. I really don't want to. So the John D. Taylor for Lernum. And then, as you mentioned, I could not find those bitters anywhere on it mm -hmm. on Amazon, but it wouldn't have got to me in time. Right. So I ended up going to my local store. I sent you a picture of what bitters they had, and we talked. And I ended up with Peychaud's bitters, which I've never owned and never used. I've only ever used Angostura bitters in anything. And, and Peychaud's are like, couldn't be more different in terms of their flavor profile yes. from Angostura. And I actually, like, I've never tried Peychaud's bitters in acorn and oil. And yes. I'm wondering how well it works because I, I could see it. I, I don't know. I could see it working, but I could also see it maybe not. I mean, you do use Peychaud's and like, um, I think you use them in a, is it a Sazerac? I think. Um, mm. And and that's a spirit forward cocktail. So okay. I, what did you think? So, how did it work out? Okay. So here's the thing. I, I open up the Peychaud's bitters mm -hmm. bottle here and I give it a smell. Mm -hmm. And like you said, number one, Super different than Angostura. <laughs> yeah. Super. Like, I was like, whoa, I didn't even realize how different bitters can really be. I mean, this is super different. I got like a licorice or yeah. a fennel oh, smell. Anise, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anise. Mm -hmm. There you go. And for me, well, I likened it to licorice and anise didn't come into my mind. And now that you said that, yes, mm -hmm. that makes sense. But it was a turnoff for me because I don't usually like licorice. Right. 
I'm not a licorice type of person or mm-hmm. anise. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this is going to suck, but I am following directions. <laughs> I'm going to do this. And then I pour it in there and it's like electric neon red, yeah, which is red. different also. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, well, that's very weird. So I do the stirring like I told you and I sit down and I sip this and I, I dutifully went into this expecting, you know, okay, I did it right, but I'm probably going to hate this. Right. But this was awesome. Okay, yes. Like, all right. Love at first sip, Will. That's amazing. I, so it all came together. Yes. Yes. Like, really good. And the bitters, I absolutely loved the flavor. Right. It, it, very different than Angostura, but it worked The way it well. complements stuff can work really yes. well in drinks. Um, super well. Yeah. So I was super surprised, by the way. And like you said, I got that familiar old-fashioned-y kind of thing mm-hmm. out of it. Mm-hmm. And But different enough, of course. And, and per- perhaps maybe more interesting in a different way, I guess you could say. Yeah. Especially since it's more new to me. Right. And so... You know, I was in love with this drink. I was like, oh, this is going on like my little home menu at this point. Okay. And finally, I've had this John D. Taylor's in my bottom shelf of my bar in the back of it because I never use it. It's got like an ounce missing. And now I have a use <laughs> for this product, which I think is great. And and here's the kicker. Y- you know, you said, yes, this is the lazy cocktails. This felt really easy. Yes. Really easy. Yep. You don't even have to make simple, right? No. You can't even mess it up because you're just doing the John D. Everything as your comes sweetener. from a bottle. Yes. And boom, you're there. Mm-hmm. So I was I was impressed by this one. I was I was like, yes, this is awesome. And I had a friend over, so I told my friend Lewis. I said, mm-hmm. Hey, Lewis, I'm doing this, you know, for the podcast. Would you mind coming over and trying it as well? Yeah, he did, uh-huh. and he loved this one as there well. There we he go. Said, I, yeah, and he knows my reputation at making drinks, by the way. So okay. he was already skeptical. Okay, but when he when he tried it, he was like, you know what? I would like order this and pay for it. Wow, <laughs> so that tells me. You know, good job because yeah, that's really good. And is um, is Lewis much of a rum drinker? Like, n- no, okay. He's 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 more of a cocktail drinker. Okay. I mean, he does sip neat when I'm sipping it, and sure. we, we do board games a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's usually my board game buddy. Okay. And so we'll have a sip or neat or here and there, and he tolerates it with that. I think, and right. I don't want to mischaracterize in case he does listen to this. I don't yeah. think he does. Like, but he's not into it like we are. Okay. So well, that yeah, is, he really enjoyed it. That's all music to my ears. And did, did you go the full half ounce with the Falernum? I think, I, so I have a jigger that is two ounce, one ounce. Okay. And I did my best to do a half an ounce. Gotcha. But I think I was just under. Okay. Yeah, I and, think I like to go yeah. just slightly under a little bit. And yeah. I really like the balance that gets. And the other thing I'll say that's important with this drink is to have an appropriate amount of ice because you mm. do want it to have some dilution, you know? Mm. So yeah, I think it's the kind of thing that if, if you just have like a couple of ice cubes floating around in there, it's it's gonna feel out of whack. And the uh, other thing that you did that I didn't recommend, but that I think can be pretty important with this drink is using a 43% or higher rum. I do think mm. using something that's a little bit over 80 proof goes a long way to making this more enjoyable because, you know, Barbados, aged Barbados rums that aren't, you know, cask strength or whatever are already Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. they're kind of mellow. They're not super intense. And so if you have something that's too weak, it just like the drink just kind of is flat, you know? So you need something with that little extra bit of oomph. And I think RLCL 10 is a great choice. I I made one yesterday because I just wanted to refresh my memory. And I use Dual Release 12, which works great. I think any of those over 40% ABV 
Foursquare rums that we talked about in our blind mm-hmm. tasting of all those Foursquare rums. I think any of those work really well in this. But I would say like a cheaper 43% ABV Foursquare will work better than a more expensive 40% ABV Foursquare to me right. anyway. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm, I'm really glad you enjoyed that. But I'd, I'd also love to hear if anyone listening has their own variations, their own tweaks, because this is a very tweakable drink. You can tweak the amount of falernum, you can tweak the type of falernum, you can tweak the bitters, yeah. there's there's all kinds of stuff you can do. So definitely send us a, a message on social or an email at host at rumcast.com and, and let yeah. us know your favorite corn and oil variations that we can try and, and try, you know, if, the, if they're not lazy, that's okay, we still want to hear them. But you know, I can't promise I'm going to make any homemade ingredients. I'll just I'll just say that now. I, I, before we move on to the next one, I'm going to show how little I know here. Why, why is it called a corn and oil? Do you know, Will? I don't know. There's no corn in it. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know. I When I was making the drink yesterday, my mother-in-law was here because she was house-sitting and watching our dog while we were gone. And yeah. she, asked, she asked me what I was making. I said, it's a corn and oil. And she was like, why is it called that? And I said, you know you what? I think bourbon. I know, yeah. yeah. I, I, my response was, I know there's a story, but I don't know what it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll have to look that up because I know we're going to, uh, we don't want any hate mail, by the way. <laughs> I right. know there's people going, what? Yeah, I could yeah. make something up right now, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I leave the lore behind the cocktails to the cocktail experts, but I can tell you that it's a very enjoyable and easy to make cocktail. Yeah. So yeah. with that out of the way, we will move on to the second drink. And this is, I would say, the laziest of all the drinks. And this is the one that I'm not like, I think you can call this a cocktail. I forget what the literal definition of cocktail is, but I think this is enough. But I, a friend of mine introduced this to me, my buddy Colton, who is a distiller. He's the founder of Liba Spirits. They make a botanical rum called Lafcadio. Anyway, he introduced this drink to me and what he would do is get out a Glencairn. This is a cocktail for when you're in a slow sipping mood, okay? Right, so, right. But you just want something maybe that's still chilled a little bit, that kind of thing. You don't want to just sip straight spirits, but you kind mm-hmm. of want it. And all you do <laughs> is you take, you know, you do about a one and a half to two ounce pour of an unaged cane juice rum. So you can go agricole, you can go you know, outside agriculture, to, mm-hmm, you know, you mm-hmm. can do cane juice rum from anywhere. I think the important mm-hmm. thing is I haven't tried this with aged uh, cane juice, so it works okay. great with unaged. And you put that into the, gl- the Glencairn, you do a dash or two of Angostura bitters, and then dig around in your freezer, find an ice cube that's small enough to fit into the Glencairn glass and okay. just drop it in there and just swirl it around a little bit, get the bitters integrated, you know, the ice cube, by that, by the time you're done with this drink, the ice cube will melt, so there'll be some mm-hmm. dilution, but that's by design, mm-hmm. you know, it brings the temperature down a little bit, and I, I, I don't know what Colton's name for this was, if he had a name for it, but I call it a not a tea punch, because it's definitely, like, I feel like it, it's somewhat reminiscent of, like, drinking a tea punch, because, yeah. you know, it's primarily unaged cane juice rum but i think it's enough of a bastardization to where if you tried to call it some type of tea punch there would be 
harsh objections. So it's not a tea punch. So that's what I call it. But performs a similar function in that it's, yeah. you know, very cane juice rum forward with a little, you know, bit of complimentary flavors. You don't do the the lime coin in this. You don't do the cane syrup in this. So it's it's definitely not a sweet, but that the interplay between the flavor of Angostura bitters and the unaged cane juice rum, I just find really great. And I love how the ice cube just brings the temperature down a little bit. So you can still have it on a nice hot day and it still, you know, cools you down a little bit. But I, I really enjoy this. I think I, I was drinking one of these on one of our recent happy hours for patrons. So those who were there will have already heard me talk about it. But this is the one I was most on the fence of in terms of how enjoyable this would be to you because it's it's just kind of an odd you know drink to make. Yeah. What did what did you think about it? Well, you're you're right in that I did find it odd when like, you yeah when you I looked was, at the recipe were you like is this it? <laughs> well, it was more just like does this work? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, so I wasn't sure what to think about this one to begin with, and so I, again, I'm I'm dutifully following your instructions mm-hmm, here in mm-hmm. the best way I can. So I went with I wasn't sure. You just said you know use a, a blanc agricole or a cane juice rum. Yep. I wasn't sure where to go with this. Okay, but I figured given that it is almost no different than a neat pour, mm-hmm. I would say almost with some you know dilution in the bitters. I went with one thing I would enjoy neat, which was Labatt Fifty Nine. Okay, wow. So you went pretty high so proof with this. I went high proof. Okay. I'm not sure if that was a good decision, and I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. But that's what I used because, again, I've I've sipped Labatt 59 neat, mm-hmm. and it is challenging at 59 ABV, but I also just really enjoy the flavor enough that I can kind of get through it with those small sips, and I'm okay with yeah. it. So that being one of my favorite agricoles, I figured, well, if I'm going to do this, let me do it with that. I did the Angostura, so Mm -hmm. I I stayed with Angostura, as you mentioned, for this, and I did my one small ice cube. I got it in there, and I put it together. I gave it a very quick shake, but I didn't wait for any kind of dilution. I went in, and I sipped this, and this super did not work for me. Oh, no. Didn't work (laughs) at all? No, it was not enjoyable. Wow. (laughs) I felt like the bitters fought this Labatt and didn't help it. And, you know, I wasn't getting much dilution yet anyway. So it just, and maybe again, it was the high proof. Maybe that's where I went wrong. But it just, it, it somehow made a rum that I love worse. Interesting. I, I could say, I mean, it is an interesting combination of flavors between Angostura bitters and the rum agricole. Although Angostura yeah. bitters, I feel like, notoriously complement so many things. But, it, combining them one to one in that context it is it's weird I'll, I'll give you that I do I do wonder how it would work with a lower proof because the the highest proof I've ever done with this is a hundred proof so okay. I do like something that's you know over 40 percent ABV I mean I feel like that just goes without saying at this point in the history <laughs> of the podcast we just talked about yeah. this with with Jeff Barry on a recent episode even he was like yeah 80, you know, 80 proof rum suck in cocktails, basically. So I do think you need to go a little bit. 59 is pretty high. Although if if the Angostura, it, it almost, the way you were describing it, it almost sounded like you thought the bitters kind of overpowered the rum. So may, I, I'm kind of putting words in your mouth there. But if there was a clash with the rum at that high of a, you know, alcohol content, I'm, I'm not yeah. sure if it would improve for you with a lower ABV rum. But maybe it yeah. would. I'm not sure. 
Well, I mean, I, I do know that I like Angostura bitters mm -hmm. in drinks like Old Fashions, so I, I, I'm familiar enough with that profile, and I felt like it made the Angostura bitters into something that I didn't enjoy, Okay, and then also made the rum into something that I didn't enjoy. So yeah. it wasn't just that it was the rum that was sticking out as being overpowered almost. It felt like the two things just got worse for having married in that glass. And I'm not, again, what agricoles, I think, well, like all rum, there's a lot of variation, right? Yeah. So, you know, one agricole from Guadalupe might not be very similar in profile from another one in whatever place you want to pick. So maybe it's also just some of the, the choices here just didn't, I would almost want to ask you, hey, if you can try this with the Labatt 59, what you would think about it. So uh, I'm going to give you homework at some point if you can find that and okay. see, just to see how it goes with that. And also, I, I want to add that I did, I, I tried to improve this one. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you tried to save I, it? What did you do? I tried to save it. So I took your not a tea punch and probably made it a tea punch <laughs> because I, <laughs> Add I some added the lime. lime coin. Uh -huh. Yeah. I just added the lime coin in there. I figured that's the simplest thing to do. And in the little Glencairn that I have, uh -huh. the lime coin perfectly sat in there. By this point, the the ice cube is diluted. Mm -hmm. And so it looked like a little turtle island in there. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Which was cool. You could call this a turtle island if uh -huh. you wanted to, I guess. And uh, it got much better. Okay. It, wow. It really, right. really did improve. the Whatever the element that was missing there or wasn't working was far improved when you added okay. the citrus into it. I can see why a tea punch is so popular mm -hmm. because those two things are, you know, definitely like peanut butter and jelly. Right. So that works really, really well. And the bitters by that point, or it could have been the dilution. Well, it could have been that by now, more of that dilution helped bring the proof down and maybe brought it into maybe a better so. balance. So, so it sounds like yeah. for you, cane juice rum and lime juice, peanut butter and jelly cane juice from yep. and angostura bitters it's like vegemite and jelly maybe <laughs> i've i've never tried that and never will <laughs> here in miami the saying is arroz con mangos which is rice and mango which apparently does not mix at all oh interesting um, yeah yeah so that's that's what they say here locally something just fights and doesn't work that's together. so funny because i i was just at a restaurant here in nashville and they make this mango sticky rice stuff and it's like so good it's a, hmm. it's a, it's a Thai, it's a Thai uh, chicken place. And uh, Interesting. yeah, they make this mango sticky rice and they come out in these little like, they're like these cubes and they're really crispy on the outside and there's like rice on the inside and they're sticky and mangoey and they're delicious. Huh. So somebody found a way to make rice and mango. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Look I think that. so. <laughs> Just have to look to Thailand. Um, okay. So I'm one for two so far, although maybe maybe we can concede that the second cocktail is highly dependent on the, the combination of the rum and bitters. Yeah. So yeah, I've tried it with a couple of different cane juice rums and liked it equally both times with, with all the different, you know, or not both, both times, but both kinds, I should mm -hmm. say, I, cause I think there's mm -hmm. only two that I've mainly been running that with one being La Favorite, which is a rum agricole. And then um, I made it with Cherami Blanc a while as well, which is quite a, you know, tamer, more straightforward cane juice rum, mm -hmm. I would say, than something like Labatt 59. So uh, anyway, you know, maybe maybe you can come back to that one if you're if you're feeling generous at some point. You know, I don't want you to end up wasting another drink, but perhaps it's worth a retry at some point with with something a little lower in proof. And also, it's I don't a, have I don't have yeah. a bottle of Labatt 59 right now, but next time I okay. do. 
I will try that for sure. I'll Just, send you some. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's a low barrier to entry. So that's yes. the good news, right? That is the good news. Yeah. Yeah. Literally the, the laziest of the three cocktails. Yeah. You can yeah. make it in about 10 seconds, I would say. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the last drink, this is probably one that is the most complicated. It has the most ingredients, but still abides by my three golden rules. Um, yep. So the original inspiration for this drink was actually a recipe that Shannon Mustafer posted on her Instagram all the way back in 2021, I believe. Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. was a drink that she partnered with Ting, actually, to create. Ting, the grapefruit soda from Jamaica. And mm-hmm. her, her drink was called the Miss Ting. And the recipe was one ounce overproof Jamaican rum two ounces pineapple juice, a half ounce of simple syrup, and then Ting Original, so the original grapefruit soda from Jamaica. When I found this recipe, I did not have any Ting on hand, but I did have ginger beer, which ginger is another, you know, very Jamaican ingredient. It grows there. I believe there are some ginger beers available in the U.S. that are made in Jamaica. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I was like, I feel like this still fits in the the spirit of this drink, even though I'm removing Ting, which was the sponsored partner of this Mm -hmm. drink in the original (laughs) recipe. Um, But but that's what it is. It's an ounce of an overproof, unaged Jamaican rum. So the two that I've tried with this drink are Rhea Nephew and Rum Fire. And I'll speak more about the differences between those and this drink later. Two ounces pineapple juice, I do. I don't do a full half ounce of simple syrup in this drink because it's a little too sweet at, at that that content for me. And so I'll usually do like a quarter of an ounce. I've also just been, been lazy enough at times to just leave it out altogether, and it's still good. But I do think that little bit does help a little bit. And then mm-hmm. I used Fever Tree Ginger Beer, which is my brand of choice. It has a nice ginger bite to it, so. I really like that brand. And all you do is you or go ahead. What was what brand? Sorry, I Fever missed it. Fever Tree. Say it again. Fever Tree. Okay. Fever Tree. Yeah, they make a lot of different yeah, I know mixers. Fever Tree. And, they, they've got a ton of stuff here. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Available in most grocery stores. A little bit on the expensive side, but I mm-hmm. to me to me it's worth it for the ginger beer. Anyway, so all you have to do is combine those first three ingredients over ice. So the overproof Jamaican rum, the two ounces pineapple juice, which by the way. To keep with my rule, I am using Dole pineapple juice from a can. I know some cocktail folks out there will turn their nose up at that, but honestly, Dole pineapple juice from a can is it's pretty good. Like it's not bad. It's it's pretty good to me. I know fresh pineapple juice is better. Believe me, I would always have that if it were easy, mm-hmm. but the canned Dole pineapple juice is not too bad, and I think it works well in this drink. So I use that. And then okay. yeah, the, you add the little bit of simple syrup over ice. You can give that a stir. And then you top it with the ginger beer, in this case, in the original recipe, it's Ting. And do it about to the top. This all depends a little bit on, you know, how much ice you have in there. I usually kind of fill the glass with ice because I don't want Mm. to pour a ton of ginger beer into there. I I forget how many ounces those little fever tree bottles are, but I usually usually use up ending about half, maybe a little more than half on this drink when I do it. And... I'll usually give it like another little stir after I add the ginger beer. But the combination of the lime, or not the lime, sorry, the pineapple juice, ginger beer, 
and the Jamaican overproof rum just hits mm-hmm. so good for me. And you get the little bit of carbonation from the ginger beer in there. It's a nice cold drink. It's over ice. So, you know, it stays cold. It, it's, it's, there's, it's probably, it's the, the largest drink of all of these. So you can drink it, even though it's extremely easy to drink, you can drink it over a period of time. It's just really, really good. And this is the drink of all of these. I've, I've made this for lots of different people from spirits nerds to non-spirits nerds. Everyone likes this drink when I make it, and it's re- which is really cool because you can introduce someone to an overproof Jamaican rum because that flavor right. for it comes through. Nice yeah. And I will say the rum fire is for the advanced drinkers. Ray and mm-hmm. nephew is for the the people who are not as into booze. But both work spectacularly well in this drink. I like both versions. I just I, when you use rum fire, you get a it's it's more rum forward. It's a little yeah. funkier, but both it's still approachable. Uh, but the Ray and nephew is definitely more approachable. And the only I, I haven't done this with with rum bar overproof yet, but I'm sure it's very good with that as well. I would imagine it's more towards the rum fire spectrum in terms of approachability than Ray and nephew because that's also quite a bit funkier than Ray and nephew but so I really like this drink and this is the one out of all of these that I think I'll be the most disappointed in if you don't like this drink John so tell me how did it go for you that's a lot of pressure well first it needs a name as you mentioned (laughs) well so and so here's the thing. I, I there I do have a name that this is known by within my family and some close oh, friends. Okay. Um but I I didn't want it, to it's not a good name, it's just funny because there's kind of an inside joke with it. But mm. I, I was having some people over and I made a little just a short menu that I showed everyone and mm-hmm. I didn't have a name for it, but it's it's kind of like a punch a little bit. So I wanted to call it something punch. So I just named it Will's Punch because, you know, I, <laughs> I, I'm not taking credit for the recipe. All I did was change yeah. Ting to ginger beer, but I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of something that it's like a variation I came up with. I'll, I'll put Will's Punch on this. Anyway, um, my sister-in-law and her boyfriend were over and my handwriting is like really shitty. Like it's really bad. Okay. So bad Same. to the point that my sister-in-law couldn't read my own name properly. And she thought the name of the oh. drink was Willis's punch. Um, <laughs> and so her question like was, okay. her question was who was Willis? <laughs> Who's Willis? <laughs> um, and so now I just always call it Willis's punch. It's, you know, it's just kind of a, an inside joke, <laughs> but that's not a good external name. So I, I don't know what a, a good, uh, you know, Shannon named her version Miss Ting cause it has Ting in it. So yeah. I don't know, maybe something with ginger beer. I'm not sure, but all I know is it's a delicious, it's one of my favorite yeah. drinks to make in the summertime. I, I do like Willis's punch though. That is pretty <laughs> great. And, and you know, Miss Ting, of course, as she named it after because of the Ting, but yeah. also Miss Ting is like a, a a thing in Patois, also in Jamaican Patois. Ah, uh, so yeah. They, that's it's a double entendre right, or right, whatever right. you would want to call that. It works so, that way too. Um, yeah, and I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but you know, I I know just the ta- tiniest bit of Jamaican Patois. Okay. Because my two of my best friends, not Louis, but two other ones, they're both Jamaican. Okay. And so you picked so up on I, it a little bit, right? And I met them when I was you know fourteen, so okay. I picked up on it through those years with their families, and you know I've been expo- exposed to that culture enough. So I would by no means say I know Patois, but I would say that I would submit one. Possible name for this would be an idle juby. Idle juby. I- okay, what does that an mean? An idle juby is is like a lazy person. Ah, that's perfect. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, 
So, I, I mean, if somebody out there is listening and they're Jamaican, make sure, check me on that. <laughs> but I think that might be a good name for it. So there you go. A, 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 an external name for you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm okay. surprised I didn't pick up on that, the the the, the, the Miss Ting reference. I'm, I'm reading a, yeah. a novel right now by a Jamaican writer named Marlon James. It's uh, The book is called A Brief History of Seven Killings and is set in Jamaica in the 70s. And it's the type of novel where each chapter is told from the perspective of a, a different character. So there's many different yeah, voices gotcha. throughout. But like, I would say like about World War Z, at least yeah. like half of the characters in the book are Jamaican and their mm-hmm. their dialogue is all written in dialect. So I've, I've picked up on all these Jamaican words and, and phrases that I hadn't heard before, cool. but that was not one of them. So yeah. anyway, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm a language nerd also. Yes. So that, yes. That's fascinating to me. Well, tell all me, right, how, so, did, how did your experience go? Dying to know. So I'll, I'll tell you what I used, and then I'll give you my feedback okay. on it here. So uh, I did oh, use feedback. Ray. I don't like I, used, I don't like the I, direction that this is going in. <laughs> no, it's it's all all good things. All good things. Ray, Ray and nephew, I used for it, and I had pineapple juice. I did not use the Dole cans because okay. I couldn't find them simply in the store I was in. So I ended up with this like half gallon size can. Oh, wow. of Pineapple juice. Okay. That was the only thing that I could find that was a hundred percent pineapple juice. Okay. That was, well, there was like the organic, you know, fuck you version that was like $15 or whatever, excuse my language. <laughs> but but like this one was like, you know, I was like, all right, I guess I got to do that. And getting into this can because I didn't have like that can opener that you use specifically for cans. Oh, so mission. you have to use a can opener to open this? Yes, oh, it's wow. like a large can, Okay, you know, but yeah, but it doesn't have like a topper that you like a soda can or anything. You have to like get into it mm. with like the, the tool. And so this is really I kind of flying in the, the face of the spirit of, of this. If you have to get out, a can I know opener. this. That's why I'm mentioning yeah. it because it, but this is totally user error, by the way. Right. <laughs> this is this is on me. But you see my talent for messing these things up is is great. So anyways, I did that. I did use a little simple with it. And instead of fever tree, I went with Owens because I had it already in my, my okay. uh, fridge at home. So Owens ginger beer. I haven't, I I haven't had Owens this. before. Yeah, I think they're a decently large size brand. Okay. They've got like a, a logo of like a donkey head. And so they're pretty recognizable. And it's so I don't know. I, I, I'd like to compare it to fever tree. Mm-hmm. But I don't really know how different ginger beers can be, to be honest. So if it's like, you know, the difference between Coke and Pepsi or if it's like the difference between something really much larger that I don't think it's Coke and Pepsi, because I think the overall flavor profile is pretty like in the ballpark. I think where they vary the most is probably in their intensity, like how how Mm. ginger spicy, you know, are they? I'm glad you mentioned that. Okay. Because this is where I'm going with it. So I'm I'm making the drink as instructed. Do you, you put combined first three ingredients over ice, mm-hmm. top with ginger beer, give it a stir. Three sentences. Yep. Will I somehow screwed it up? <laughs> uh, because what I did was I combined the first three over over ice, uh-huh. and then I topped with the ginger beer. Uh huh. And I forgot to give it a stir. Oh, okay. So you got all ginger and beer so on your first I got sip. a face full of ginger <laughs> beer. And I was like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> I was like, why did you do this to me, Will? And then I looked back and I was like, oh, no, this is also user error. Wait, so I had wait, to. Wait, so do you, not, do you not like ginger beer? I, I no, I do like ginger beer, but when you get only ginger okay, beer, you weren't expecting you know, it, right? Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. It's your expectation. So you know, because I've drank that ginger beer right out of the bottle, it's it's good right. and it is bold. Yeah, but if you're not expecting it, mm-hmm. and like you know, I wasn't. That's what happened. Okay. So I, I I went back. I was like, no, no, no. I need to stir this. So I did stir it. The second thing is, you already mentioned you didn't really put an amount of ginger beer in there. I didn't. So no. I just I poured in what I thought would be right. 
and it got too much ginger beer, I okay. think, to start with. Okay. I had to go back and add a little bit of uh, pineapple juice. Oh, okay, pineapple. And, okay. and simple syrup. Gotcha. Yeah, just a tiny bit, like a bar spoon yeah. of, of that stuff. And then it was it was right. And maybe it was a little less rum forward than I would want it now because, like you're mentioning, I didn't add rum. Mm-hmm. But I started, I got it. I was like, ah, okay, I get this. So I ended up giving that one to Lewis. Okay, gotcha. And I made another one okay. of this for my myself. And he loved it, by the way. Oh, I mean, awesome. He was, he, there we yeah, go. He was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is it. Yeah. This is great. He, he kept mentioning it was really, really good. So I think for him... I, that little bit less of rum in the whole thing uh-huh. worked well because he's less of a rummy. So for me, I went ahead and I made it again. I did it right this okay. time. I used, I still used all the same ingredients and stirred it, did my thing with Ray and Nephew with, in there and loved it. And I thought it was really, really good. Excellent. So, Music to uh, my yeah, ears. This one is... This one's really good. The other thing I ended up doing, mm-hmm. just because I'm silly, is I added a tiny bit of... Luxardo Maraschino. Oh, interesting. Okay. How'd that go I don't over? know why I did that. I'm not sure I could point to a good reason uh-huh. other than it was in my you know, bar. Yeah. I saw the bottle when I was getting other stuff out. Uh-huh. And I really, really enjoyed that. I thought that was I can excellent. see that working really well. That's one of yeah. those ingredients that I think can either really make a cocktail amazing or really make it terrible because it's it has a very like specific kind of you yeah. know very sharp flavor I, i'm, I'm mm-hmm. guessing did you just do like a little like be Almost a quarter a dash. ounce i would say yeah i would say like a, a bar spoon okay is yeah. what i do i think that's probably perfect yeah, yeah. that's yep. interesting i'll, I'll yeah. try that the next time i make it because yeah. i'm i'm a yeah. fan of that liqueur and i'm obviously a fan of this drink but yeah huge shout out to shannon mustafer for yeah. you know coming up with the the template of that drink and literally like i said all i did was change ting to ginger beer i've actually i'm trying to remember now if i've ever actually tried the version with ting because i i I can get ting i actually yeah i have a little bit of a take that i'm kind of ashamed to admit because i know how much of a beloved ingredient ting is Mm -hmm. i don't really like ting very much what? Oh, that's it. Get out of it, here. I know. Yeah, podcast done. I, I, that's it. I, I may have I, just had entry into Jamaica revoked whenever oh, yeah. <laughs> I try to go yeah, there you're, next. You're, you're in trouble, man. Um, Don't say that too loud. It's it's just, it's too sweet for me. And maybe it's just, I just really? need to adjust. But like even, even Array and Ting, when I've yeah. made those, I'm always just like, this is sweeter than I wish it were. Yeah, huh. So I, maybe it's just the kind of thing where I'm getting the ratio wrong. I don't know. But let me ask one thing. Where are you getting your ting from? Like what, what, how, how does it come when you buy it? It comes in a bottle. The t- most recent Glass? time. Yeah. The most recent time I bought it okay. was at, we have a, a, a big Asian grocery store here in Nashville. Okay called KNS and yeah. they have glass bottles of ting there. Okay. And yeah. So I okay. picked it up there. The reason I was asking is because here at least you can get like the two liter in plastic okay, or you can get like the glass bottles. Gotcha. I absolutely a hundred percent prefer the glass bottle. Okay. And that's, that's partly because, and this is just my own guess uh-huh. on this. It's partly because I think the plastic goes flatter quicker. Okay. And then the sweetness starts to bring up more because, you gotcha. know, carbonation cuts down right, the sweetness. Right. So when you, when you use it from the glass bottle, I think it's always better. And I, I feel the same way about Coca-Cola products mm-hmm. too. 
So I, I don't know if that made a difference. That's why I was asking. Also, like, I mean, yeah, it can be sweet if it's if it's not carbonated. Like, you have to have enough carbonation in there to cut that sweetness. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not just opening the bottle and letting it sit there for a few hours before I use it. Right, so it's right. always, you know, open right out of the bottle. But maybe I just mm. need to add more rum. Maybe that's the answer. <laughs> maybe I haven't been adding enough. So I, I don't know. But yeah, yeah it's, I reluctantly admit that I haven't found... A ting drink that that's right for me, but I do really love ginger mm. beer, which is why I love this cocktail. Well, you and I are opposites there. I would take ting over ginger beer anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure as a, mm. probably a lot of people would have that opinion, but you know we can't all be correct, so <laughs> that's why all we right. debate. Okay, so uh, we've been yeah, through. Speaking of not correct, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've we've been through my three lazy summer rum cocktails. I, I think you had a couple that you wanted to audition here as well. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to try yeah. these. You just sent them over this morning, but they looked intriguing to me. And I also think your definition of a lazy cocktail may not be quite as lazy as mine. It, it is right. I didn't hear your three rules until we started yeah. doing this recording. Well, again, so those are just for me. They're not, they're not rules. universal yeah. rules. Yeah. Yeah. But I did try to think of some things that, well, so let me let me preface these two before I get into them. Okay. Number one, I, we know I'm not very good at this, and we know the part of the reason I haven't really done much with cocktails is because I feel like I'm I'm when I do a recipe, I try so hard to be what's the word like true to the recipe, mm-hmm. and I don't enjoy that. Mm. But here's something: for the first time, I think I enjoyed making cocktails wow. because I let myself go mm-hmm. and thought of it like when I cook. I do cook a lot. Mm-hmm. And when I cook, my approach is I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to see what things stick out mm-hmm. to me. And I'm going to start to coalesce around those ingredients okay. and build something that I'm going to cook. You're like a chef. And I took this. Yeah. I took the <laughs> same approach here with the. the yeah. 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 I am like, like a chef. A chef. <laughs> <laughs> A home chef. We'll qualify that. I'm going to start saying yes. I'm going to say yes, chef, to you on this podcast. (laughs) You better. That's right. So my approach was in that same vein of saying, well, I know enough about like a a cocktail, like a daiquiri Mm -hmm. or a mojito to know the basic premise of them. But now I'm going to just look around for some things and see what sticks out to me and make my own thing. And I super enjoyed this. I had so much fun doing this. It's the first time that I really felt like I... I want to do more in cocktails because now I have an approach that I really enjoy and like. So that said, I got two drinks here to to talk with you and talk through. And, and, you know, I know you haven't had a chance to try these, but if you do have feedback on them, that would be great. Or if anybody listening has feedback, even better that they're, they're good at making drinks. Let me know how, how terrible these sound or if there's something that I can explore with them. So the first one I'm going to call, I call it a might be. Might be. And yeah, a might be. Okay. And a might be is because it's it, it might be a mojito, it might be a rum oh. paloma. Okay. I'm not really sure what it is. Right. I don't even know if there's a drink that I'm not thinking of named, you know, that uses grapefruit. But this one is going to be using a grapefruit lime soda. Owens, the same brand okay. actually, had this on the shelf next to it. Gotcha. And when I saw it, I, I grabbed that. So Owens grapefruit lime soda, it's going to be roughly three quarters of a cup, which is probably close to about half of the bottle, okay. like you mentioned a sprig or two of fresh mint, Mm -hmm. a dash of grapefruit bitters, which when we did the bitters thing, I grabbed that Fee Brothers grapefruit bitters, Uh and then a bar spoon or maybe two, depending on your taste, of one-to-one simple syrup. Okay. 
And then finally, of course, a white rum. Bacardi is what I ended up using, but I used Bacardi Heritage. Okay. So the Bacardi Heritage that I, I like a little bit more than Bacardi's regular product. I just saw line. that, like, um, you know that yeah. that Winnie the Pooh meme where, like, in the top half, it's just Pooh, like, sitting on a couch looking kind of, like, slovenly. And then on the yeah, bottom, yeah. it's the same thing, but he's got, like, a monocle and, like, a, yes. a top hat and kind of, like, a distinguished yeah. expression on his face. I know exactly. That was, like, Bacardi yes. versus Bacardi Heritage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so I used two ounces of that. And then the the approach was a mojito, right? So I did yeah. it like a mojito. I put the little sprig of fresh mint in. Mm-hmm. I put a little bit of the, instead of using sugar, like a cube or whatever, mm-hmm. I just put the a simple. little bit of a bar spoon of simple. Yeah. I muddled just an, just a little, mm-hmm. like not not trying to like really do a lot with it. Mm-hmm. Just enough to kind of incorporate. Went, went ahead and did the ice to fill, put in the Bacardi, put in the grapefruit lime soda, yeah. and then topped it with the grapefruit bitters. Okay, I love that. And... I really enjoyed it. That sounds really good. Pretty darn good. It's it's very much a summer drink, yeah. right? Like just like a mojito, but it's bright pink. Mm-hmm. Um, it, because of that grapefruit lime soda, right. it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. And here was the most interesting thing to me was the Fee Brothers grapefruit bitters did come through, mm-hmm. but it's not bitters like you know like an Angostura or a Peychaud. Yeah. It's it's like a clear bitters, more towards probably the orange Angostura bitters, uh-huh. but grapefruit, and it leaves this lingering effect on your palate after the sip of the, the drink okay. goes down. And it, it almost feels like it makes you want to like take another sip. It's almost a, like a drying effect almost in your palate. I could see that. Uh, it's the best way I can see it, like a like like grapefruit rind mm-hmm. kind of flavor mm-hmm. that's kind of left over. So I'm not sure if I used too much of that or if really it would have been better off without it. I'm not really sure. But yeah, I so I thought this, whatever this creation is, you know, take on a mojito with grapefruit in it really worked really well. So I don't know if you have any kind of thoughts on that to begin with. but No, I, I think, first of all, I love the approach of taking a drink that you already like and just finding mm-hmm. ways to put a new spin on it using, you know, ingredients that stick out to you. I think that's a fun approach. And I mean, you know, like I said, I'm not an expert. So when I look over that recipe, I don't see anything that seems like off to me. Mm-hmm. But again, others would know better than me. But I mean, it seems pretty comparable to mojito recipes that I've seen. Right. And I would just say, like, I, I, like a well-made mojito, I think, is a great, great drink. It can mm-hmm. be hard to find those sometimes. And also, like, I don't know. I, I tend to not order a mojito unless I'm at a place that, like, is kind of known for it or something like because they're kind right. of a pain in the ass to make. So I always feel bad like asking a bartender to make one for me. Um, and you can screw them up so easily, yes. right? Yeah, like you I've can. had some really bad mojitos at some places. Yeah, 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 for sure. But when you have one that's great and it has like the fresh mint and mm-hmm. um, you know the right kind of carbonated beverage in it and a decent rum, yeah. it's a really, really great classic, refreshing drink. Yeah. So yeah, overall, I really like this, and I'll have to see cool. if for this brand of of grapefruit lime soda is available near me. So I'll keep an eye yeah. out. And one thing to mention about that soda is I tried it on its own. I didn't feel it was very sweet. Okay. It is, oh, and I forgot the whole premise. I, I need to mention this about this Owen's grapefruit lime soda uh-huh. is on the packaging. It says it's a, it's intended as like a mixer okay. for cocktails. Yeah. On the packaging, it says great with tequila and gin and vodka. Oh, boo, Owen. And right right next to that, it says made with real cane sugar. Come on. And I was like, what the heck, man? I, what a missed opportunity that is. And so it something in me, the, the rebel in me, mm-hmm. 
is what made me want to grab it at that point and say, <laughs> well, screw you guys. I'm going to use it in a rum cocktail yeah. and I'm going to show you that it's good. So, you know, it's a nice real cane sugar product that echoes, I think, a rum very well. Yeah. So, well, they've, yeah. they've got to, they've uh, got, they should just replace vodka with rum on the, on the label. <laughs> they should. A- anyhow. So yeah, let's make them do that. Right. Let's, let's make this a thing. And then somehow Owens is going to hear about it and be like, damn it. Yep. Okay. So my last one here, similar approach. I know how to make a daiquiri. Mm-hmm. That is one of the few drinks I know how to make pr- decently mm-hmm. well. And so as I was in the store, in our local public store, mm-hmm. our, our supermarket down here, I saw something that stuck out to me and I thought, huh, that would be interesting. Okay. And I don't know, Will, if they have this up there or you know about it. I, I'm, I'm assuming you do. It's what we call down here is naranja agria. Okay. Which is Spanish for sour orange. Okay. Or sometimes it's called bitter orange. Gotcha. The, the only so this is a, the only orange yeah. I can recall seeing in the grocery stores up here, which granted, I'm not looking around at oranges that closely. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think of blood mm-hmm. oranges, which I think are pretty common in grocery stores in most places. But mm-hmm. I don't require ever seeing a sour orange of any type, although I'm sure if they are here, I've walked past them and just not registered. But yeah. Well, so here's the thing about them. They look kind of shitty. Okay. <laughs> uh, they, they, they look like it, most of them, I'll have to like show you. Are they like shriveled or what? Yeah, what's going yeah, on with them? They kind of look, well, first of all, the color range can be anywhere from green to yellow to even a little more orange if they're really ripe. Okay. But most of them in the store down here and from, I think, the Cuban culture, you know, you know, I'm not Cuban, but I'm pretty well steeped in uh-huh. it. The Cuban culture uses naranja agria as a main component for a marinade. Ah. Oh, okay. uh, for meat, okay. for like a, like a mojo mm-hmm. or a sour orange marinade that they use in pork and chicken and other things. And I love that stuff down here. I love it. I love bold flavors like that in my cooking. I love Cuban cuisine. It's it's great. So I thought, well, I wonder if I could use this in the daiquiri and how that would work out, given that it is it, it its namesake is correct. It is very sour. Okay. It is more sour than a lemon typically, right? It's like biting so, into a um, warhead. Kind of, exactly, <laughs> right? Yes. That that kind of citric acid uh-huh. level. So I thought, I wonder if this would work because I don't mind that. I like sour stuff like that. I like Warheads mm-hmm. and, you know, Sour Patch Kids and whatever. So I thought, well, let me try it. So I just wanted to do a daiquiri build with these sour oranges. I'm not sure if I'm the first one to do that. It's probably unlikely that I'm the first one to do this. But I called it an angry daiquiri. Okay. And uh, I called the angry daiquiri partly because naranja agria sounds like angry. angry agria, even though that's not what it means. And so it just sounds like a cognate. Right. And then secondly, because it is so sour, sour or it's more sour, the angry part there comes in. So I used uh, two ounces of Havana Club 3, but you could use any kind of white rum. But I know I like Havana Club 3 in a daiquiri. I used three quarters of an ounce of sour orange juice or naranja agria juice. Okay. Which, by the way, side note, those those are, are harder to juice. You don't get as much juice out of okay. each fruit typically. So you're going to need more Buy than you would typically need mm-hmm, with a lime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that might be a, you know, something that is a barrier to, to entry here, not only if you can find them, but you also need a few more. Okay. They're harder to squeeze. And then also a half ounce of simple. Will, for the first time ever, I made a one and a half to one semi oh, wow. syrup. I've never done I know, that. I know, right? I'm, I'm expanding. Yeah. So I just, I, I wanted, I felt like because of the sour note, mm-hmm. I would a little need sweeter. to balance it a little bit more. Oh, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So I, I tried to, you know, use a thought process here and I tried to think it through. So I made this and 
the initial one, I served this to my friend Lewis, mm-hmm. and he was like, Whoa! you know, like the, the common like warhead response. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he was like, nope, not for me. He did not like this at uh-huh. all. But I tried it, and I really yeah, liked it. Not too sour? He, he said it was too sour, and there was too much rum flavor. Okay. So it might have been just too much rum also right. in addition. But let me tell you, first of all, this is not a standard daiquiri. You can tell the difference. It's angry. Like it's, it's, fu- it's far enough away from lime that you can certainly, like, I could pick this out of a lineup and say, yep, that's sour orange. And I li- I really liked this. So this is going to be a daiquiri variant for me from now on that I, I like when I'm looking for something that's more bold. It's got a bolder flavor. It is very sour. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's so sour it's out of balance. You know, I know people talk about right, balance right. a lot. It probably, for a lot of people, is out of balance mm-hmm. because it's just that sour. But I like it. Yeah. I really enjoy it, and I want it that way, and I'm good with that with that list of ingredients and, and amounts. It worked. Well, so I'll have to see if I can hunt down some naranja agri naranja agria. Is that right? Agria, yeah. yeah. Naranja agria. I'll have to see yeah. if I can hunt some of those down. Maybe I'll check out some Latin American grocery stores. It might be a better place to look. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I like sour stuff. I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Where. You want a drink to be balanced, but I do think that you there is probably such a thing as a drink that is intentionally more sour, but it's not supposed mm-hmm. to be like bad sour, you know. Right. So that that that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I I'd love to check that out, and I'll have to look for the those oranges to see if I can. Yeah. And yeah, and if it is too sour, it's probably just a matter of you know maybe going a little higher on the simple syrup. Or dialing back the sour orange. Yeah, or di- yeah, yeah, you could also yeah. you could dial back the sour orange and maybe split it with another more exactly. str- like less sour with like lime. citrus. Yeah. yeah, or even even right. pineapple or something like that too if mm. you wanted. So, yeah, I'm you know I love seeing the creativity from you. I'm just excited to hear if anybody takes this on and tries to find this, and I, I want to hear feedback from people and see I, if if. People hate it. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. Like it gives me more information to know. Okay, <laughs> got it. Like you know, I'm I'm on my own on this one. Uh-huh. Or if the, it really is something that we're working through these small little innovations, if you will, or whatever you want to call it. Or if this is a thing that exists and I just don't freaking know about yeah. it. Yeah, which is very possible. Well, so. we would definitely love to hear any and all reactions to any of the drinks we've discussed on today's episode we'd also love to hear your own lazy cocktails what do you make when you feel like having something tasty but you don't want to you know spend a bunch of time or make anything from scratch or even if you're lazy like i am even juice fresh (laughs) citrus so we'd love to hear your recipes reactions comments questions send us an email at host at rumcast.com that's h-o-s-t at rumcast.com or as always you can find us on social media john where can they find us yeah, at the Rumcast, we're on. Uh, where are we on? We're on Facebook. <laughs> we're on Instagram, and we're on Twitter, and soon to be Threads. I think. Will we did get a request for Threads? Also, I, so, I mean, I guess we should say we're on X now. Oh yeah, no, I don't want to. Yeah, say I that. don't either. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. My little uh, my little app logo just changed, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm oh, not a fan. And I can't believe they're really doing that. Yeah, I, I just. 
Yeah, speaking of small innovations, that is not one that I'm in favor of. So, uh, yeah, find us on any of those platforms. Send us a comment. Hit the like button. We always appreciate it, of course. Let's more people find us and know where we're at. And we'll try to keep posting more interesting stuff like this. Like, maybe, Will, we need to post, like, a picture of one of your drinks. Probably and, so. And one of mine. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get that up there and right. uh, let people at least look and see what it looks we'll like. We'll get on that. We'll have some visuals to go along with this. But, um, yeah, great, as always, to run through these drinks with you, John. And we will be back next time with an interview that I'm pretty excited about. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, we'll see you then. Cheers. Cheers.